Let's get it. Welcome to the Hampton Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Hampton. This is my co-host, Cooper Neal. What's up? What's up, Coop? How you doing, my guy? As always, surviving and thriving. How are you? I'm good, man. I'd love to hear that. We have so much to get into today. Tom Brady fell to 3-5 and five for the first time ever in his career, and he just announced his divorce. Unfortunate situation. Hate to start off on that, but we have some more stuff to get into, like my Tennessee Volunteers having a chance to get their fifth top 25 win this season. But first, the first week of the NBA is in the books. And Coop, we're going to give out some NBA awards. Let's start at the top of the list. Who is your MVP of the league after the first week? All right. I'm sticking with my guns. All right. Preseason, I picked Luka. Okay. Just because... I was like, obviously, I'm if if I'm in, if I'm sitting in that room and I'm voting for MVP, you know where my vote lies. John Morant will get my vote, and John Morant is right here. But I have Luca just a little bit over. Him. Okay. The points per game and John and Luca are not that far off, but I'm just gonna read out Luca's stats real quick. He's got 36.3 points per game, nine and a half assists, nine and a half rebounds, two steals, 50 percent from the field, 26 from three. So gotta see that come up, and then 86 from the free throw line. He's dogging. Dude, he is unstoppable. This team probably has a lesser like core around him than it did last year because Jalen Brunson just kind of elevates that team a lot. Spencer Dinwiddie's looked good. Christian Wood's been awesome, and I'll talk to him, talk about him a little later. No, but know. he's he's awesome. I mean, he is. We said it earlier. Mavericks could if they're one Luca ankle away from being the worst team in the basketball. Exactly. He turns them into a championship contender. And at the end of the day, that is what MVP is all about. So I'm going to go with Luca because I think you're going to talk about the guy that's number two on my list coming up. Oh, for sure. You know i got to talk about 12, man. Ja Morant. So, yes, he's coming off a 22-point performance against the Sacramento Kings. But before that, he had 38 against the Brooklyn Nets, 49 against the Houston Rockets, and 37 against the New York Knicks. So how could I not talk about my boy 12? Um, the MV- the NBA.com MVP ladder did come out the first edition this Friday, and our boy 12 is at the top of the is list. He? So it's not just us as Memphis Cats saying it. This is the NBA saying it as well. I think John Morant is my MVP through week one. Absolutely. Let's get into DPOY, man. Who's your defensive player of the year? This was the hardest one for me. I was about to say. Me. Yeah, it's me too. Who is, who is your defensive player of the year after the first week? Before I get into this, I just want to shout out Joss percentages right now 53 percent from the field 56 and a half from three and 87 and a half repeat the middle one 56 and a half from three and then i'm like 87 and a half from the free throw line to me and you i know is awesome because he's shooting 12 a game but coop all he can do is dunk and drive i know he's dogging y'all smoking hey and the whole league is on watch welcome to the dark on watch Mm because they all said when he gets a three-point shot watch out so watch out all right As you said, Defensive Player of the Year. This is a really hard one for me, Tough. and I, I took the coward's way out, I will admit. I'm going Giannis. Here's my two reasonings behind that. They're the best defensive team in the league right now, which is not saying much because there is no defense in the league right now. But he's he's on the best defensive team right now, and at the end of the day, Bucks are always one of the best defensive teams. He's awesome. He's averaging two blocks and a steal per night right now. I'm going to go Giannis. It's a coward's way out. But as you said, this is a hard one to pick right now because there is absolutely no defense. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're still missing guys like Miles Turner and – or no, Miles Turner's playing, isn't he? Uh, I think he might not be. Hell, who the hell knows? I haven't noticed. I (laughs) I haven't either. I'm sorry, Pacers fans, if y'all actually exist. But uh, Jaren's not playing either. To be fair, I have not watched a single minute of Mikael Bridges, and I have not watched any Marcus Smart. But, like, 
Giannis is a coward's way out, but they're the best defense team in the league right now, and he's averaging two blocks and a steal, so I'm going to take him. Dude, I don't think that's wild to say. I was, you know, really convinced to take him, but I just wanted to take somebody different. Uh, a big man that you and I know is a good defender, but has had injury history. I'm taking Mitchell Robinson for the New York Knicks. He's second in the league in blocks right now, mm -hmm. and I think his ability to alter shots at the rim, if he stays out of foul trouble, that's his problem. If he can stay out of that... I mean, this could be a Robert Williams-type guy for the yeah. New York Knicks. He has to stay healthy and stay out of foul trouble. I think Mitch could win it this year, but after week one, I'm just going to take him. Shout out Jaron Jackson because that sounds a lot like Jaron Jackson, what you just said, and Jaron Jackson was the only NBA first team last year. So I love the Mitchell Robinson he should. pickup. He should. I, if Jaron was playing right now, bro, you know he'd be mine. But exactly. I, I, I hope, hope he can come back soon. Yeah. Sure. Let's get into coach of the year through week one. Who is your coach of the year? So, obviously, I was going to say Taylor Jenkins, but we're 26 in defense right now, so I'm not going to take Taylor Jenkins. I'm going with my second team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. J.B. Bickerstaff. J.B. They're coming off a season of 44-38. and 38. Pretty good season. Over 500. Talk They're 3-1 and one right now. Donovan Mitchell's been awesome. Uh, this core is one of my favorite cores in the league. Um, they're 15th in offense right now and second in defense behind the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm going J.B. Bickerstaff all day. So... Such music to my ears. For those of you that don't know, a few weeks back we had um, a very heated argument about who had the best offseason in the entire league. And Cooper has rubbed it in my face. The Utah Jazz are 3-1, and 4-1, and one, whatever the hell they are now. He thought the Utah Jazz had the best offseason in the league. Okay. You know, I, I hated the go the go Bear trade. Not for them, but for the Timberwolves. I think yeah. they did a good job on that trade. But Donovan Mitchell, I think what they got was absolutely ridiculous for Donovan Mitchell, an all-star caliber player of his type. I said it was a Cleveland Cavaliers. And for the, you to say all those stats just supported my argument. So, man, I just want a heart-to-heart. Thank you so much for that. Because Donovan Mitchell has been absolutely incredible for them and a perfect fit. And that's why they yeah. had the best offseason in the entire NBA. If I could name Utah's head coach, I would have went with him. But I don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> Will I'm Hardy, man. I'm literally looking right now. What, what's Will his name? Hardy. Will, Will Hardy. Hardy. Shout out Will Hardy. Shout they are four. And one and they've beaten they've beaten the Rockets, the Pelicans, the Timberwolves. Shout out that I was game. thinking of him for I, I want to name Will Hardy and I'm also gonna name Missoula for the Celtics. He's done okay. a great job so far as well. Wow, no Chauncey Billups? Uh that is my pick. I okay. Oh my bad, my yeah. bad. Chauncey Billups <laughs> is my pick as of right now because he's got guys um defensively that were not known as defenders. Yeah. They're playing really good defense right now. And obviously at four and one they were 4-0 and up to this point. I think Chauncey's done an incredible job there. And credit Damian Lillard for that, too. He's had a lot to do with that. He looks like MVP Dame yet again. Credit yep. Anthony Simons. He had 22 points in one quarter alone this past week as well. So a lot of things are going well in Portland, but Dame will be missing the next one to two weeks. So that is not the best of news, but they can float the boat with Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant now, et cetera. Yeah, they're 14th in offense and 10th in defense. Chauncey Bullis was my number three. They're coming off a year of 27 and 55. A lot of that has to do with Damian Lillard. Absolutely. He's come back and he's looked really well. To be fair, they are about to miss him for a few days, but we saw Anthony Simons last year with that ball in his hands. He was lethal. He was my pick for most approved until he got hurt, which broke my heart because he was awesome. Uh -huh. So you know I believe in Anthony Simons. And they've looked really well. Yes. They've looked really good. This is a team that we said was probably going to be the worst defensive team in the league. And they're number 10 right now. Yeah, absolutely. Again. They played the Lakers. Yeah, uh, I preface all of this with nobody's playing defense, so yeah. saying they're number 10 in defense probably still means they're giving up 120 exactly. a game. We're, we're dealing with extremely small sample size, but hey, it's the start of the NBA season. we got to have some fun here. Exactly. Um, as a Grizzlies fan, we have the pl 
Trailblazers next Wednesday. Music to my ears. Damn, I hope you get better, but not before next Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get into six man of the year. This was the easiest one for me. I'll go ahead and start with mine first this time. Christian Wood, 21-8 and eight off the bench right now. I think Christian Wood is running away with this award just four games in or whatever, they, how many games they've played now. But Christian Wood has been an incredible pickup for the Dallas Mavericks. I was lower on the Mavs this year because they lost Jalen Brunson. I didn't think Wood could replace that. So far he has, man, and I think uh, that he could win this award quite easily this year. Yeah, no, uh, he's also my number one, but I'm going to give you a different player just to be different. Christian Wood has been an awesome pickup, and you and I both know where sometimes if you don't start a game, that does not mean anything. Because I think last year in the playoffs they were starting, uh, what's his name, Powell, Dwight Powell, they were starting Dwight Powell, and he played 10 minutes a game. So at the end of the day, it does not matter who starts and who finishes. It matters who finishes. He's finishing the games. JaVale McGee has been starting for them. He played a whopping 12 minutes in their last win against Brooklyn. So I also have Christian Wood because he's been playing really well. You you said 21-8. and Uh, He also has one and a half blocks per game, or one block per game. 60% 60% from the field, awesome. 67% from three. Ridiculous. He's he's killing it right now. So shout out Christian Wood. But just to be different, I'm going to go Jordan Poole. He was in Poole convers- party. He was in conversations a lot this offseason for the wrong reasons. Bro, how mad is Klay Thompson right now? What did we say before the season? Jordan Poole will be the second most important player in the Warriors, and he has been thus far. Exactly. Coming off the bench, he's averaging 14 points, six assists, a rebound, a steal and a half. That's pretty impressive for him because he's not really known as a defender. 53% from the field, 32 from uh, three, 81 from the free throw line. He's been playing really well, and obviously I think these numbers are kind of low for him right now, but I do see them coming up. The number I look at the most is that six assists, and then one and a half steal for him is pretty impressive. So I like Jordan Poole. I think this is going to be a two-man race the entire way. Maybe Benedict Matherin sneaks in as that third guy because he's been dogging it. I'll talk about him later. I'm previewing all this stuff. You like this? You I like know this? you can't <laughs> wait to talk about the Pacers. But, uh, no, I, I feel like <laughs> you, go, you like all this. <laughs> I feel like Sixth Man of the Year has been an award these past few years and has just been run away Run with. away. Like it's, it could be another one, man. It could be another one with Christian Wood playing the way he's playing. But shout out Christian Wood. That's the second Maverick player shout I've talked about. Out to <laughs> if you saw my jaw drop earlier, that's because I just got a notey from Bleacher Report saying that the Spurs just waived their lottery pick from last year, Josh Primo. Whoa! Wait, really? Yeah, no G League assignment, nothing. Was he not starting? Waved him. I have no idea. But for them to wave him, he either had to do something disciplinary very badly, or he was just a horrible basketball player. Yeah, because not to be sent down to the Austin Spurs or any of that, just giving up. After a year on Josh Primo, that is insane, in my opinion. Yeah, and that was a pick that everybody was like, "What in the hell are you doing?" And they, it was just one of those picks that uh, they were just like betting on youth. Uh, yeah, I mean. Wow. What's their record now? Is it three and two? Three three and two, yes. Okay. But he got a coach's did not play coach's decision last game. Uh dude, Pop has to absolutely hate them. Hate him for like being waived. Yeah. I mean, he was averaging seven points, uh, four and a half assists, three rebounds on some pretty bad shooting splits, thirty four percent from the field, twenty five from three. That's crazy. Yeah, but just after a year, man, that that is wild. For Nineteen sure. years old, like like end of the bench guys don't even get that. And Josh, yeah. Primo, I guess was that for San Antonio. He'll get picked up, you think, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I'll let you uh, get into the last two awards. Most improved player. I'm really curious to see who you have because I put two people down, expecting you to not talk about one of these players. 
Ain't shit changed for me, man. I said Jalen Green before the season. I'm saying Jalen Green right now. Um, he is averaging nearly 23 points per game. I love Jalen Green. We got to see him last Friday night go toe-to-toe with John Morant, score over 30. And I think he will average close to 25 points per game in his second year. I think that's enough. I get second-year players don't usually win this award, but this year he can be um, the outlier in that. Who you got? I'm going to give you two players just because I'm greedy like that and I have to give you two players. Mostly, both of these are to rub it in your face. Um, oh, I know who you. I know who one of these players. Okay, perfect. So we're gonna start with the one you know, Tyrese Halliburton. Bum. Last year, he averaged 15 points a game, seven and a half assists, on 50. No, excuse me, on 50 percent from the field, 41 from three, and eight, 84 from free throw line. This Overrated. Year, this year, Overrated. He is averaging 22 and a half points per game, 10 assists, four and a half rebounds, a steal and a half. 50% from the field, 41.5 from three, and 92 from the free throw line. 50-40-90 club, averaging a double-double. He's been awesome. So you have anything to rebuttal on that? Uh, he's on a horrible team. Yeah, he's on a rat team, but these stats stats don't lie, baby. Yeah, they, they don't lie, but the, the fact that somebody like people like hold this guy up like he's like going to be a Hall of Famer. These are all-star numbers. <laughs> These are all star okay, numbers. Okay, if, the, if all star starter numbers, then Colin Sexton should be an all star like two years ago when Cleveland won like fourteen games and he was putting up similar statistics. He was awesome, and he's been awesome this year. He did get hurt, so I might have to cut him from my fantasy team, sadly. But uh, the next guy, you know, is how that you, all you have to say about Tyrese? Because I, I dude, I love Tyrese. No, I love Tyrese. You you know I love Tyrese. I know and you I, love I'm Tyrese. I'm kind of indifferent on that trade talk because Demontis Sabonis got dogged by the Grizzlies last uh, night, okay. so like I'm not really like. Upset about it or Notice anything. Notice I didn't bring up his name for a certain no, purpose. No, I know. I know you didn't. <laughs> but uh, the, the Tyrese Halliburton thing, in my opinion, let's stop kinging this kid. Let's get him. Just get one all-star appearance. What's it, his fourth year now? Get one. And then we can third. start talking about this guy yeah. in some form of light. But the fact that everybody wants to crown this kid right when he got drafted or was putting up 12, 14 points a game for the Sacramento Kings, I just didn't understand. But continue. But are you happy to see that he's 22 and a half, yes, 10 assists? Yes, I'm happy for the guy. He has proved me wrong thus far. I will yeah, say that. Absolutely. I'm with that. This next guy. I'm going to relish in this one probably more than the Tyrese, uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, so you know how you were just saying the Jazz didn't have the best offseason in the okay. NBA? So you know how you were Bro, saying I can't wait for them to be nineteen and seventy or whatever. <laughs> Dude, they're gonna be so, they're gonna be literally twelve and seventies. <laughs> like I can't wait for it either. But hey, right now after a five game, <laughs> okay. five game spurt, respect. They got Laurie Marketing as well with Colin Sexton in that game. Laurie Marketing last year averaged fifteen points a game, one assist, six rebounds on forty four percent from the field, thirty six from three, and eighty seven from the free throw line. This year. He is averaging 22 points a game, three assists, nine rebounds, a steal per game, 49% from the field, 24 from three, and 82 from the free throw line. I need that three-point percentage to come up, but Laurie Marketing has been awesome. And a big reason as to why they're actually winning ballgames, which I think Danny Ainge is sitting there like, what the hell are y'all doing? I bought y'all. So I literally got y'all so that we could get Victor Wabanyama. Why are y'all winning ballgames? I'm about to trade y'all's asses for worse players. I'm going to go pick up Josh Primo. <laughs> like He's literally he's literally sitting here so mad that they're actually playing well. I but love the off-cup Josh Primo <laughs> hate already. Seconds after he gets waved. Yeah, damn. My bad, Josh Primo. Uh, but Laurie Marketing has been awesome. Both of these guys take seven-point jumps. Yeah. So happy to see that. But they are both playing really, really Really well early in the season, and I'm happy to see it. Respect. I think Laurie Markkinen should be mentioned in that for sure. Tyrese Halliburton, as much as it pains me to say, should be mentioned in that one as well. Uh, but I'm sticking to my guns and Jalen Green. 
The rookie of the year, man. That's both obvious. We're probably both taking Paulo Banquero for sure. No. Paulo's averaging 24-7-3. How can it not be Paulo? Paulo's been good. You're so <laughs> shit, dude. You're just going to go ahead and ride Benedict Mathern real quick. Hold on. I said, uh, I, I was like, you're going to take Paolo, so I'm going to take someone <laughs> okay. different. Do you remember? I picked Benedict Matherin yes. in our preseason, yes. so I'm going to stick with my guns just like I did on Luca. Okay. Because just to be different, we're going to talk about That's him. That's a good damn co-host right there. I know. I know. Props. Paolo, I will mention hell. Paolo, because as you just said, Paolo is running away with this award. 24 points a game, 7.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists. Oh, I think one and a half blocks and one steal per game, 45% from the field, 28 from three and 80 from free throw line. He's been awesome. Right. I would love to see that three-point percentage come up, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you're a rookie and you're shooting almost 30%. I'm okay with that. Like, we all expected him to have low efficiency but average a butt-ton of points. Mm-hmm. I this is obvious. I said 18 points per game. He's averaging 24 right now, so I am wrong on that fact. But just because I said Benedict Matherin earlier in the year, I have to go Benedict Matherin. He has – shot out like a cannon. Nobody expected him to do this. Um, 21 points per game, five rebounds, two and a half assists, and a steal, 45% from the field, 39 from three, and 83 from the free throw line. He has been an incredible pickup for the Pacers, a team that really looked like shit on paper, and to see him play the way they, he's playing. They still look like They shit still are, but the fact that you have two bright spots right now in Tyrese and Benedict, you're like, and Jalen Smith's even been playing well. They're like, Maybe we have some things to actually like work around, and we'll get rid of Buddy Heald and Miles Turner when we can, when the right price arises, and we can keep building this core. Because they they potentially have a core with Tyrese Benedict and Jalen Smith that they can build around. Do you even recognize Buddy Heald and Miles Turner anymore? Dude, Buddy Heald looks so different. He looks morbidly obese. And... He looks like a shell of himself. Like he looks bad and Miles Buddy Heald hadn't looked like himself in years. Yeah. It's just the name that people are still in love with. And Miles Turner, I think it's the same. I haven't I think the injuries are starting to take a toll on him. Yes. And another guy that the injuries are starting to take a toll on is Ben Simmons, dude. I, I tried to watch this Bucks Nets game the other night, and I'm sorry to bring Ben Simmons up because we yeah. shit on him all the time. Yeah. He just looks slower. Like his back is – He was. I was watching that Bucks game too, and he got fouled, and he was holding his back. He looked – It dude, still hurts. He's, what, 24, 25? Yes. Dude. Like, I thought Michael Porter had issues with his back, but Ben Simmons is taking the cake. Like, Did you see, hear what Kyrie said about him? Uh-uh. Okay, so, Kyrie went to defend him. <laughs> it was <laughs> – Kyrie, he got asked about, and he goes, always keep getting asked about, how, what about Ben? What about Ben? He basically goes, he was like, would y'all chill the fuck out? Like, he used the F oh, word. He goes, we stay on his shit all the time. He hasn't played in two years. What'd you expect? Yeah, and... That's what he said. To be That is fair. Like, I will give him... At half a season, if he's still playing like this, they've got to... He's not going to be in the league in two years if he's still playing like this no. halfway through the season. I'm sorry. He looks... He's slower. And, and the whole thing is, whose fault is it that you didn't play for two years? Exactly. Mental health is absolutely A real, real. thing, Yes. But this was a way to force himself out of Philly. Out of Philly. Yes. And let's be real. Like, I hate to break it to him. The reason he's in the league is because he was athletic and he could defend well. You've lost a step on the defensive side because you you've been dogged by everybody. You've also mm-hmm. fouled out in half of the games because you can't stay in front of anybody. Mm-hmm. And you're not. Dude, C.T. Aldama was in the fucking paint while he yeah. was at the three-point line. You're I, not scaring anybody. I will play devil's advocate here, though. I, I kind of expected him to start slow. I'm not going to make some sweeping judgment yes. on Ben just yet. I will 55 games into the season. Now I'm not overreacting. I expect him to look like shit, and he has absolutely like 
looked even worse yeah. than I thought he would. But let's let's see, you know, here January, February, March, what he's looking yeah. like. And no. to be honest, Kevin Durant may demand a trade by then. <laughs> you and I asked the question before the season, when does KD demand a trade? I think it could be this yeah. year for sure. He, they look so out of whack. But it's also one, one of One and things. four for the Brooklyn Nets, by the way. Yeah, they look so out of whack. Did you see but Steve Nash the other night? Get ejected? <laughs> Dude, I, I'm trying to remember Who what he got ejected that? for. I have no idea. I saw the video and I'm like, "Who is this?" He's literally like at the ref's oh, neck. I know. What did he get ejected for? Screaming at him. I was watching and I was like, "Out of boy, Steve." Nash. Giannis, Giannis had just like, you know how Giannis does like his offensive fouls every now and then. He just stuck his elbow out. I forgot who, what net was guarding him, but he stuck his elbow out. It was an offensive foul. Just didn't get called. And Nash just absolutely lost Aid. his mind. Oh, that's it. yeah. Lost the his elbow. mind. Had to be held back. Then, as I saw a fan video and him going to the locker room, he took something out of his pocket and just chunked that bitch as far as he could. And I was like, dude, who is this? I think the pressure it's of the last few years is now building on Steve Nash. And guess what? We're five games into the season for them. Jack, Yikes. I hate to say it, and we've, we've said it a few times, Steve Nash will be the first one out as a head coach, and it's not any fault of his. I don't even know if he's a good coach or not yet because I haven't gotten to see him actually coach. R.I.P. Steve, man. It's one of those things that you came into – he should have never taken this job. Let's let's be yeah. honest. This was Kenny Atkinson's job, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie demanded someone else and then they because demanded, of this. Yeah. K- KD demanded Steve Nash. And then he demanded this past summer fired. to have him fired. Yeah, because the only reason Kevin Durant, or that Steve Nash was there was because of Kevin Durant and the relationship he had with Steve Nash, which is that just speaks to this summer of what the hell, what's happened. going on. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. But like you said, fifty-five games, and if Ben Simmons is still playing like this, he won't be in the league in uh, two years. No. But I'll, I'll give him his props now. But at the moment, he looks like a Dollar General version of Draymond Green. Yes, he does absolutely. Because <laughs> nobody's guarding now, dude. Absolutely. And like he and like. Back in the day, you had to guard Ben Simmons because he would just run by you and dunk on mm-hmm. you because you can't backpedal quicker than he can run. But he's too scared to do yes, that now. Exactly. So like, sorry, I'll, I'll stop my Ben Simmons rant. We no, will give we'll give exactly. him thirty more games and then I'll be on his ass like mascara on print. <laughs> One more <laughs> housekeeping thing: I did send you the text earlier today about Russell Westbrook not starting, and then I get a notification. Well, if Anthony Davis is out, uh, he'll probably still start. Well, Anthony Davis is out. Russell Westbrook is still coming off the bench for the first time since his rookie year. This is incredible. If you're watching this now, you already know the result of this Minnesota and L.A. game. But we're recording this as of Friday evening, and Russell Westbrook's coming off the bench. What was your first reaction hearing that? Please get this man out of here. Like, I've never asked and begged for a trade more than I am now. Please, Lakers, trade him. Please let him go somewhere else. Like, you know how we were just saying the pressure is building on Steve Nash already five games in? This pressure has been building on poor Russell Westbrook since the last 82 games. Like, this dude has never been given a chance because he started out so poorly last year. And, like, what's crazy is we kept talking. We were like, dude, the first few games, like the first month and a half with the Wizards, he looked horrible. Absolutely. And then after the All-Star break, he literally averaged, like, over, like, a massive triple-double. And you're like, Mm -hmm. there he is. Give the man a chance. Like, let him get accustomed to the new players he's playing with. Like, it's one thing looking at his time at OKC. He played with those guys for, like, 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to the the Rockets. He played with James Harden before, so it didn't take much to get used to him. And he got acclimated to those guys real quick because of the way they played offense. It took a second to get accustomed to the Wizards, but he got accustomed. If they would have given him a chance to actually get accustomed and not been on his ass that fast in Lakers, I think it could have changed. But the pressure's been building... He can't. He can't breathe, dude. I think you and I's thing is not defending Russell Westbrook because no human with the brain can defend <laughs> Russ in his play right now. It's the defending the fact that 
he is scapegoated for this entire thing. This it's not like LeBron didn't want DeMar DeRozan and chose Russell Westbrook. It's not any of that, or that Russell Westbrook this is the worst possible fit for him. But it's the fact that he's getting scapegoated for all this. You and I want him traded just because they can't blame anybody else. Because guess what? He gets traded, the Lakers are still ass. Yeah. And we saw that the game he missed, they still lost. They're sitting at 0-4 as of right now. Who knows if they beat the T-Wolves tonight. With him coming off the bench, I just can't imagine it's any good. And uh-huh. I think it's to build up trade value to get him traded, Yeah. quite frankly. And I think he will be a Utah Jazz at the end of the season. Really? Yes, I do. Inter- I, uh, for the Mike Conley, for Rudy Mike Gay, Conley, and yeah, Jordan Carson. That. Yeah, yeah that just, just doesn't help them, and I hate to see Mike Conley in a Lakers uniform. I'll cry if I Mike Conley's in a Lakers yeah. uniform. But I don't think it makes him a championship contender. No. I don't. They, there's no trade they can do to get them a championship contender unless they somehow miraculously get Kyrie and KD to go that team. Yeah. There's no way they're yeah. a championship contender. Yeah, they need some sort of role players, and they just cannot do that. Let's get into the NFL uh, for this weekend. There are several games on tap. Let's first talk about Tom Brady and his situation. He did lose on Thursday Night Football to the Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. That is a formidable formidable opponent, unlike the week prior and P.J. Walker in Carolina. But P.J. killed them. Yeah, P.J. did kill them, but Tom Brady's now 3-5, and five, and the day after he loses, he announces his divorce officially. So now we know what's been going on. He looked checked out, and understandably so, man. There's kids involved in this whole mess. We're not going to speak on his personal life. But Tom's going through it right now. Yeah, and their play hasn't been much better. Sorry to keep dwelling on them. They they just do not look good offensively. Yeah. And the, and what's crazy is this defense was their calling card, and their defense really hadn't been there either. Yeah. Um, they've had a few injuries on the offensive line. They've had a few injuries here and there. Uh, I don't think this is on Todd Bowles. I think he's been a good coach thus far. And what's crazy is we're literally six weeks removed from when they beat the Cowboys like a drum. Yeah. 19-3. to three. Um, granted, offensively they didn't look great, yeah. but the Cowboys' defense is all as we've seen a formidable foe. But they made the Cowboys' offense, oh, yeah. which has not been great, but they sh- they dominated they that game. Yeah, and sure. so, like, it's crazy to see six weeks after that how bad they are. How much of this is like if you had to give a percentage wise? How much of this is on Todd Bowles, and how like what percentage is on Tom Brady? Because Tom Brady, he did go to that wedding. I, I'm not even that mad of it, but missing several weeks of training camp. We know why now. Both those things are excusable, in my opinion. I'm going to be honest. I hate to say 0% on Todd Bull, but I don't feel like any of this is on I Todd like, Bull. Really? I feel like it's like 60-40. 60 on Tom Brady, 40 on Todd Bull. If I have to give a percentage, I'll probably go 75 Tom, uh, 25 Todd, because I feel like Todd... Their defense is bad. But... And I'd put it on the GM. Let's include the GM because their O-line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, their O-line's banged up. There's nothing you can do. And they that. lost some guys. So, like, yeah. this is obviously a different team than last year. And let's not let's not forget, Tom Brady is 45, 46 years old. Yeah, now. but he led the league in passing last year. I understand like, just that. last year. But let's remember. And he threw three, 350 in this game. I'm going to be honest. The reason I put more on Tom Brady, the reason I put more on Tom Brady, and it's nothing to do with his personal life, it's nothing to do with any of that, you should have stayed retired. I'm going to yes. be honest. You should have stayed retired. You should have never come back. No, because at the end of the day, you you went out on top and you went out on top, and you're now going to go out. Maybe this is his after ploy. The Super Bowl. You proved your point after one year. Exactly. You know how badass it is. I'm going to go to Tampa Bill and win with and Bill. win. Then I'm going to fucking retire. Yeah. That's, and now they both look bad. Because I'm going to be honest, Patriots. Bill, Patri- in, in my opinion, looks a hell of a lot worse. 
than Tom Brady. They're bad. Yeah. They got a quarterback controversy with, I think, Billy Zappi. You remember they had the Cam Newton thing, and yeah. then the Mac Jones last year getting beat by 40 in the first round of the playoffs, and yeah. then now the Zappi madness. Yeah. But, yeah. But Baltimore needed this win to speak to the other side. They did, it. and it's about dang time they finally just win a game. I, I mean, I didn't watch this game in its entirety. I paid attention. But I was watching the Grizz, so I was not concerned with the end of this game. G&G. But Lamar played well. I think he's, I think he's out of the MVP race. If I'm being honest with you, he has I not played. Too. He has not played very well these past three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but he played well this game. They played turnover free football, which I think is a good thing. And they did not blow a game and make it close at the end. Obviously, 22, 27 to twenty two sounds very close. And obviously, I get that. But they they I felt like they were solely in control of this ball game. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, they were up seventeen to ten going into the fourth, and I mean it ended twenty seven twenty two. So like I felt like they were in control of this game. Uh, Let's. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's all I got to say. Shout out to the Ravens. I was going to move into Sunday. Uh, Let's move to Sunday. There is one major injury I want to cover. Brees Hall, he looked like he was running away with rookie of the year, and he will miss the remainder of the season. Uh, Kenneth Walker could take over. Oh, Kenneth Walker's got it. Dude, (laughs) Kenneth Walker's so nasty. (laughs) Absolutely. Jets are sitting at 5-2. They they do play the Patriots at home this week, but let's move to Kenneth Walker and the Seahawks because I think this is one of the games that really poked out to me. And I never thought in a million years <laughs> in week eight we'd be talking about the Seahawks and the Giants. But the Giants are six and one. The Seahawks are somehow four and three. This is the only uh, matchup of teams that both have a winning record. Exactly. And what it, I was making a video today about which team is more surprising: the New York Giants at six and one, or the Seattle Seahawks somehow at four and three. Which one, in your opinion, is more surprising? They're both surprising. I'll start by saying yeah, that. Absolutely. And, you have to go to the Seahawks. I'm sorry. Nobody, even Seahawks fans, was like, oh, with Geno Smith, we're going to be 4-3 and three after seven games. Nobody thought that. They thought it was the end of the world after the Russ trade. They were like, damn it, we're in a rebuild. You just lost DK Metcalf for They're a few weeks. in the NFC West. Oh, I know. Like, and what? that's one of the – going into the season, that was one of the best divisions in football. Yes. So, like, I have to go to the Seahawks, but – Brian Dayball is running away with coach of the year, and I don't want to miss that statement because Brian Dayball has been the best coaching hire that nobody thought was going to be just that incredible game one. But he's made Daniel Jones look good. They're one of the best red zone offenses. I think they're number four, if I remember seeing that stat correctly. They're both surprising, but the Seahawks with Geno Smith starting has to be be more surprising. I I completely understand that. I I went with the Giants – not because of anything I saw. Yes, he's brought you know greatness out of Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley has relived up to the hype. But Seattle, if I'm th- looking at Pete Carroll, did he know this version of Russell Wilson was there and knew that they would be better without him this year? That's what I look at. That is the crazy part of this. Because did Pete Carroll see this coming? I'd love to sit him down and ask that question. Did you see this? ass version of Russ in practice. I would love to hear his thoughts, too, because you've heard Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch and all these guys just go. They're going hard at him. You never see that. Oh, I know. At first, I'm like, okay, how can Russell Wilson, the way he presents himself, he seems like such a good guy. But then you hear they old hate him. teammates. They hate him. Dude, old teammates do not hate Tom Brady. Old teammates do not hate Peyton Manning and no. other great quarterbacks. But They hate him. ripping him. They think he's fake. They, yeah. They're like, he's not even that good. Like, I mean, dude, Bro. what's crazy is everybody was begging for let Russ cook and – uh Apparently, Russ does not know how to turn on the oven. He quickly became the most hated player in the entire NFL. Yeah. Shout out to Broncos for giving him a fully guaranteed contract. Shout out. John Elway can never get a quarterback, oh, dude. <laughs> Ever since Peyton Manning, dude. John Elway like, is you sucking. Think you have it? Yeah, 
Russell Wilson, we got him. No. No, not at all. But this is a this is kind of a mid week, but I like that Giants Seahawks game. Who you got? I do too. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Giants. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna take the Giants. You taking the Seahawks. Kenneth Walker's Kenneth Walker's game. awesome. Yeah, but sure. I think that's gonna be a really good game. But I'm yeah, I'm gonna go Geno Smith. The story is still out on Geno Smith, baby. Geno. Let's get into the Sunday night football matchup. Aaron Rodgers is a double-digit underdog for the first time in his entire career. He's catching 11 points in Buffalo against the Bills on Sunday night. How do you feel about this Packers-Bills one? Do you think the Packers cover? Because they need to. Because if well, they lose this one, they're 3-5, and five, just like Tom Brady and the Bucks, man. Well, they just lost Alan Lazard. Uh, for the game, he's out, and I mean that's your best receiver, sadly. <laughs> I like, like that sentence what is funny. What world are we living in? I know. Yeah. Oh God, the Bills are gonna beat the shit out of them. Yeah, like I, it's I bad. Agree. I think it's gonna be bad. You wanna go ahead and get into some college football? There's not much. Yeah, there's not much to talk about. It. Shout out Aaron Rodgers. Put some shampoo in your hair, and you might win a game. Rip to the NFL. <laughs> We're talking about a divorce and injury, and <laughs> <laughs> putting shampoo in your hair. <laughs> exactly. That grease mop up there. Yucks. <laughs> Um, I'm going to start with my game because, honestly, your game is very interesting to me as well. But Saturday night, Tennessee play the Kentucky Wildcats at home in Neyland Stadium. They're wearing those all-black unis. They're sexy as hell, in my opinion. I, as a Tennessee fan, am incredibly nervous, just like I was for LSU, just like I was for Florida, because Kentucky has a history of beating us. And also, if we lose this game, all, all of our season is for nothing. The beating Alabama, the beating LSU, that's all for nothing because we have Georgia the following week. I just don't want us to look ahead. Cedric Tillman will be back. I'm not fake news this time. I promise he will be back this time. Uh, how do you feel about Tennessee, Kentucky? Uh, I'm not as nervous about this game as I am for next week, so obviously I'm looking ahead. I think I think y'all can handle Kentucky. Your defense has shown me a lot more than I was anticipating them showing me, but at the end of the day, Hooker is the reason you win this ball game. I agree. He never turns the football over. Knock on wood. I don't want to jinx him. Uh, Through his first interception against Alabama. But fine. it didn't cost you in the exactly. end. He he can he protects the football. Y'all score at will. Um, Kentucky's defense is a little bit better than I think y'all. I think this will probably be one of the best you face because Alabama's defense, is, as y'all put on display, not that good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they shut up. Almost shut out Mississippi State. Shout out Mississippi State, though. They did score their first touchdown Facts. in that stadium since Dak Prescott. So, shout out that. Yikes. Sorry to get on that talk. Yikes. But I think Tennessee takes care of business. At the end of the day, I'm going a, I'm to a refer to my Ole Miss Rebels for a second. Every year that Ole Miss beat Alabama in that run with Hugh Freeze, we always lost a game. Mm-hmm. It was always at Auburn. It was the Arkansas 25-yard toss behind the Hunter Henry's head to Alex Collins. We always fumbled the bag somewhere. What, I don't see Tennessee doing what that. What pisses me off is that the year we beat Alabama, we have to go to the – we still have, have to go to Athens and play the number one team in the country. Absolutely. And you know good and well Georgia's gearing up for that game. And They're, if we lose, my comfort is we can still backdoor into the playoff. But with the Tennessee and Kentucky game, the thing that's keeping me sane right now is I don't think Will Levis, as great as he is, I don't think he can put up 45 to 50 points with that offense. I don't see it. Ole Miss held them to what, 19, 20? Yeah. Yeah. What was it, 22 to 20? Yeah. Bad game. (laughs) He should have won that game, (laughs) let's be honest. I don't don't think that, but 22 points – I mean, he's going to fumble twice in the yeah. red zone to win True. the game. So, like, all you have to yeah. do is kick a field goal against us. And you, yeah, no, 22 to 19. You were right. 19 points. 19, yeah, held them under 20. So, that's what I'm hoping for in this one. Let's get to your game. This is one of the most interesting matchups of the entire week. And we'll get into Ohio State, of course, uh, a little bit later. But Ole Miss at Texas A&M. A&M had the number one recruiting class in the entire uh, country above Alabama last year. They've now lost three straight. 
It started against who was it? Who did it start against? State. Yeah, they lost Wasn't at it? Mississippi State. Then they went to South Carolina last week and lost. I can't remember the middle one, but they have Bama. Lost. Yeah, so should have beat Bama. Should have beat Bama. They had that one play at the goal line, and you should have lost to Arkansas. So they really should be on a four-game losing streak right now because Arkansas. Why you jump from the effing six-yard line to dive into the end zone, KJ Jefferson? I'll never let that down because <laughs> that was when I was riding Arkansas pretty hard, and then they. They did that. <laughs> <laughs> Three and four for Texas A&M. Ole Miss at seven and one is only a two-point favorite in College Station. How you feel about it, bro? Haynes King will be a Heisman candidate after we're through. You're still on this, man. I, I was Ole trying Miss's to... defense is so bad. Like, dude. I wish I could pull the clips of you talking about your defense earlier in the year. It's one of those things like <laughs> – Do you remember that? I do. And, like, we are – in passing game-wise, we're great. Like, Jane Daniels – lit us up, but it's because he ran for, for a gazillion yards, and when we finally would blitz somebody, he would throw it. Right. And so, like, we just could not win against Jaden Daniels. This game, I'm not – like, I don't want to say I'm not as scared because A&M, we've, we've been pretty good against A&M uh, in recent years. Maybe not necessarily in College Station. The last two times we won in College Station, they're voided thanks to Hugh Freeze. I do love Hugh Freeze, so don't take that as Hugh Freeze slander. I would take Hugh Freeze back in a heartbeat. Um <laughs> You're at that point already? I've always – dude, I've always loved you Freeze. Okay. I've always loved you Freeze. Like, let's be honest. I thought that was more shots at Lane. I'm like, damn. If Lane's stubborn ass shows up to this game, I'm going to be mad. Oh, my God. I hope I get to watch this game. Let's be honest. I haven't gotten, <laughs> to, watch, I haven't gotten to watch football in two weeks. <laughs> like, I'm really, like – I got the itch. Hey, I better get that text. Even if you're prepping for a Halloween party this Saturday night, I need, <sighs> I need text, man. I forgot about that. <laughs> you're so excited, aren't you? Tell the world what you're dressing up as, man. Men in Black. Men in Black. Tough. Yeah. I, I guess I'm Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith, I'm here. I'm here but for no. Uh, By the way, my buddy JB, he was him and his friend. They were uh, the Bel Air twins last year. They both got the Bel Air hey, Academy. So Will Smith and Carlton. That's it was dope. So that's tough dope. Last year. I like Ole Miss. I mean, Texas A&M is not striking fear in the hearts of anybody. They've scored 24, Miss, 20, 24, 21, and seventeen. So like, exactly. I hope Ole Miss can outscore that. <laughs> if Ole Miss loses this one, I don't think they will. But if they do, hopefully. I mean, the wheels are already off for A&M, but yeah. I, I just hope... Does Jimbo get fired if we come. win? Uh, no, I think that massive extension he has got keeps him around for another year. So, hold on. Just out of curiosity. So, they play Ole Miss at home this week. Yes. Do we say Ole Miss wins? Yes. All right, so they're 3-5. and five. They play Florida at home next week. Hey, flip a coin. You don't know okay. what Florida team We'll We'll give them a win just to give them a win. So, they're 4-5. and five. Then you play at Auburn. You should win that game. Bro, I think that their players already checked out. Did you see they were smoking weed in the locker room? Were they really? Yes, bro. <laughs> Damn. All right, so best case scenario, I'm looking at this. They have Ole Miss and they have Florida and they have LSU. Those are probably their toughest matchups because you should kick the crap out of UMass and you should probably beat Auburn. So that's three more losses, so that's five and seven. Tough saying, man. Tough. Tough. I think he has one more year after that. Fair enough. Uh, real quickly, the Georgia-Florida. I think Georgia wipes the floor with them. Yeah, they're going to cover. Ohio State, Penn State, the big one of the weekend. Number two versus number 13. Ohio State is a 15-and-a-half point favorite up in Pennsylvania. How are you feeling about this one, bro? They're going to double that spread. Penn really? State sucks. Okay. <laughs> like, Ohio State's going to mop the floor with them. Dude, that. we literally watched it a few weeks ago. Michigan just run the inside zone left, inside zone right, and run for 400 yards on Penn State. You don't think Ohio State can do that? Do you think Ohio State is better than Georgia right now? Yeah. Okay. I think Ohio State's offense is that good. Like, it, Ohio State's offense than Tennessee's offense. Like, I hate to say that, but Ohio State's offense is incredible. They're 
literally first round draft picks just sitting everywhere on that offense. Like they are incredible. CJ Stroud is the dude. I mean, let's just look at it. 133 for 190, 2,023 yards, 28 touchdowns to four interceptions. You I mean, know he's how much a dog. I'd pay to see Ohio State play Tennessee. It'd be awesome, dude. That'd be 70 to 70, <laughs> like in the third quarter. Tennessee averages like over 55 points a game. And Ohio State averages 50. It'd be 100 yeah. points yes. scored in that I game by each it. team. Yes. But yeah, I think they, they're probably going to win this game 50 to 20. I could. Then stays not good. You. Sean Clifford in his nineteenth year would not get the job He's done. Effing fifty years old playing college football still. Like Absolutely. why? Absolutely. What do you want to see out of the NBA next next week? Is there anything like you want to look for and see? Uh, me personally, I'd like to see John Morant get fifty and care about getting fifty for once. I would love to see that because you and I were sitting in front of the TV last. Oh my night. gosh, waiting for it, begging. Uh, he for just it. didn't care. He didn't. He did not care. I want to see John get fifty. I'd love to see like Kawhi fully play a game. Please, I, was about to say, I want to see. I want to see Kawhi actually play a game. I want to see Russ traded. I don't think that's going to happen yeah, next week. I want to see um, that too. Yeah. I want to see some defense played. Like, please, God. I know I sound like a nerd, but I'm so sick of watching just teams just go right up and do whatever the hell they want. I want to actually see a team work for something, mm. and it's not happening right now. Yeah. That's the weirdest answer, and nobody else cares about that but me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'd love to see a John Moran 50-piece. But, uh, no, I just want to see uh, – I want to see. I would love to see just a Kawhi game, vintage Kawhi. Lamelo's coming back soon. Yep. Shout out Nick Richards, by the way. He's been filling in well for them. Everybody thought that Mark Williams would walk in and get minutes there. Course, shout out uh, Dennis Smith Jr. He's been awesome too. Yeah. Shout out Dennis Smith for sure. That's all I got, man. You got anything else for today? No. All right. It's a good podcast, but you don't mention USC. Well, I was going to mention them playing Arizona and get another dub and possibly making a college football playoff if my Tennessee Volunteers don't make it. But Tennessee's, I mean, it's ahead of the snake. Your only hope for a Pac-12 is Oregon at this point. Uh, I think USC, if they beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, which I think they can, um, then, yeah, BSC. I mean, at the end of the day. That's a good Pac-12 championship. No, it is a good Pac-12 championship, but hear me out. Whose resume do you like better? Oregon coming in 11-1 and one and their only losses to the unanimous number one team in the nation right now in Georgia. Say they don't lose to Tennessee. This is all hypothetical right now. Georgia's the number one team in the nation. Oregon's only losses to them, and they've blown out the likes of USC, BYU, potentially Oregon USC. Oregon played USC. Yes, they did. Because that was the game that I picked BYU to cover, and then they got absolutely dogged. Oregon has not played USC. Number 12, BYU at number 25, Oregon. Nine, October 17th, Oregon USC won. USC has not played Oregon. No, no, no. In the Pac-12 championship. I'm talking oh, okay. like if we get to the Pac-12 okay. championship. I thought you were talking about like they've already played. I'm like, they yeah, still I'm they got California, Colorado, USC Washington. USC can beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. I'm sorry. I'm not like – I think they're better than Utah, though. Looking at each other, Bo Nix over Caleb Williams. Bo Nix, dude. Bo Nix has looked awesome. He's been great, but he's looked awesome. Caleb Williams, in my opinion, dude. He's seventy-one and a half percent completion, a thousand eight hundred yards, seventeen intercept or seventeen touchdowns to three interceptions, and he's ran for three hundred eighty-two yards and eight touchdowns. Bo Nix has been awesome. He has been awesome, but I'm still taking Caleb Williams. I just, I just got you talking about USC for fun, but I think Oregon, Oregon is the only hope at a Pac-12 team, a Pac-12 team being in the playoffs. Go Trojans, baby. Go Ducks. Yee yee. Quack quack. Huh? Quack quack. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Herbert. On that note, Coop, hope you have a great, great night. Yes, sir. You too.